considering <laughs> that's one way to start. <laughs> and considering the dark nights of the soul as a fruitful depression or rather distinguishing a spiritual depression from ordinary depression and from pathological depression and again from catastrophic <laughs> levels of ego dissolution that they are certain deaths you encounter on the path that are of such a large scale that they utterly dissolve the most the earliest parts of your psychological functioning the earliest parts of your conditioning if you remember on the episode of structures of consciousness we talked about the first structure of consciousness the microsystem or stage or node of dependency the dependency node is basically what emerges during early individuation it's the most primal aspects of the ego and what it basically does is develop attachments to the environment and develop habits for maintaining physical survival and maintaining physiological needs and what seems to happen <laughs> at very 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 far stages Jesus Christ if you go far enough with non-attachment and deconditioning and development and everything what seems to happen is that these fundamental structures these structures of consciousness dissolve basically there's dissolution of these structures resulting in basically all the conditioning the habits the thought processes the identity the relationships you have with reality all the links everything that is related to that node sort of dissolves entirely <laughs> and you become 
and it is in a way transformed into its ideal form it is transformed into a transpersonal version of itself something you can call a divine version of itself the core aspects and systems that form the psyche are replaced <laughs> or well the possibilities that they are either removed they are either fused into the larger whole disentangled and spread out or they are entirely transformed they are dissolved then reformed in a completely new fashion of a much higher functioning much higher well-being than before but the sense of something like this happening is apocalyptic is catastrophic it feels like the deepest part of you like the earliest parts of you have been removed and there is a large void that's the feeling that's there rather than a depression kind of in a way looks like depression but because it makes your life better it's not depression <laughs> this is the thing about it depression whether spiritual or otherwise always seems to make life worse worse for different periods it diminishes functionality whereas what happens here with this void with this dissolution of a microsystem of consciousness is that this transformation is that all the energy all the power basically all the suffering and habits of dependency dependency on the approval of others dependency on external forms of gratification satisfaction fulfillment happiness all these dependencies on joy friendship various emotions various pleasures various pains these dependencies dependency as such the structure by which we are attached to or have an aversion from certain things <laughs> that whole what you can call the desire structure sort of just gone gone beyond gone <laughs> beyond the beyond bodies for ha and 
what I find here is that is questioning right about which if if every part of you every last part of you every last part of you every last part of me is something that has come into existence because of basically conditioning inheritance circumstances experience socialization various forms of conditioning both internal and external both natural and cultural all these forms of development in all these various directions you can consider conditions to be sort of all the habits you've learned every micro habit from your basic responses that seem instinctual like the fight or flight response while the fight freeze or flight or please responses the most basic things like none of it is actually absolutely fixed <laughs> no lines are actually drawn nothing is properly set in stone with nothing set in stone nothing set in stone the argument for any kind of a self or essence is very difficult to make this is where you get the idea of anatta in or not self in buddhism at least my understanding of it goes in this direction that basically there is nothing anywhere that is essentially and permanently yourself whatever it is that we call ourselves is always something that can change even things that can last insurmountable periods of time <laughs> even atemporal phenomena posttemporal transtemporal phenomena have change in them it's not a typical kind of change of temporal phenomena of change along with time across time or time related change but there is change in them you can shape your spirit your soul 
your ego, the infinite, the divine, can take many forms, many manifestations. There's no one true form, even formlessness, or no particular form, or no bodiness. Even that, <laughs> that is not the essential self. Had issued the question of what is it that makes us uniquely human <laughs> doesn't seem to be anything at all, really. It doesn't seem to be anything at all. This sort of a uniqueness of a temporary pattern that appears within time for a time and then changes. There is a uniqueness of the totality of the cosmos as a context for existence, for manifestation, and the totality of reality at that one time is what is unique. within the totality within the cosmos itself there's no piece that is really unique from any other although that is also refuted by appearance if we're talking about appearance there is some uniqueness there but in terms of substance, in terms of what things are, <laughs> reality seems to be everywhere the same kind of stuff. What I'm saying here is that ontologically speaking, our ontological status is no different from the ontological status of anything else whatsoever. <laughs> it is not our being sort of humanness is our appearance, our way of existing, our way of life our way of being, our way of existing, that seems to be the expression, the expression of our reality is the unique thing, is the thing that makes us human, that within that, beneath that, around that there is something much more something that is so much more that it is what everything is and 
that ontologically speaking we are no different ontologically speaking dreams while memories while we are awake and memories of our dreams our experiences and our memories of them are equal in stature <laughs> because there's as much commonality of dream symbolism and dream experiences as there is a commonality among humans of waking experiences so even the foundation of intersubjectivity as a symbol of objectivity that sort of many observers can perceive this thing that is also possible on different planes and dimensions of existence somehow fundamentally unique is refuted fundamentally there is no uniqueness <laughs> but superficially there is not negatively speaking about the superficial how would I put it then? The sort of, there's a difference of essence, expression, as opposed to a difference of existence. says is that it's not that as I said before suffering is optional but that everything is impermanent which is a much clearer statement that everything everything whatsoever will inevitably change <laughs> it's that eventually one way or another it will eventually change and you can bet on that even if it changes at the moment of your physical death, it has now changed. <laughs> Even if it's generational trauma, 10,000 generations from now, 
it will eventually change the pattern of trauma the pattern of suffering will inevitably be altered so we can differentiate between primary suffering secondary suffering primary suffering is what we will typically call pain and trauma and then or injury as well and then secondary suffering would be called dukkha which is best defined as getting angry at yourself and hurting yourself because you think you shouldn't be depressed instead of just being depressed you punish yourself for being depressed <laughs> two types of suffering two levels of suffering and so dukkha is Dukkha is optional. While that is secondary suffering is optional, while primary suffering is accidental and is impermanent. <laughs> which is actually the impermanence of primary suffering is a much deeper perspective in comparison to in comparison to the free will we have in relationship to dukkha because the impermanence of suffering is fundamental in nature is existential in nature it's part of it's part of the nature of things part of the nature of beings to change which requires no effort at all requires no effort no will no choice a much safer bet than your own strength <laughs> if you do not trust in your own strength if you are not strong but also if you are strong
definitely improve your strength by depending upon by actually what you can do is instead of depending upon impermanence or your own strength you can option out of dependency entirely being free from dependency you can then just flow into the Tao the impermanence you can simply not resist it And it's this non-resistance which eliminates suffering. It's non-resistance to what can't be resisted, which is the impermanence of all phenomena.